0: Fred's Front Porch Podcast is made possible by the generous support of Jenner Zeno of Studio Stargazer, Alex Oliphant, 2021's unofficial patron saint, Jean Louise Finch, our official patron saint, Coralie Day with Scott Knight, Edith Keeler. Listeners like you.
1: Greetings,
0: fellow traveler on this rock tumbling through space. I'm Fred. This is my front porch. Come on up, have a seat, and let's talk a while. There are ideas to be discussed on this old set of nicely nailed together boards.
1: Let's buy a little White House on the corner of nothing and nowhere, we'll grow tomatoes and drink mojitos on the front porch stairs.
0: Side. Other side. Other side. Other side I'm coming to you tonight from the other side of depression I'm living on the corner of nothing and nowhere I never really believed something so beautiful existed it's precisely as I choose it to be do you have any idea what an invigorating feeling this is yes I'm still clinically depressed. I know that the surreptitious visitor will return to put the blanket over my head, blinding me to the light that shines around me. He is never gone for good, but he isn't here tonight. He has no invitation now. Those were all shredded by the economic security and individual liberty that I have recently obtained. I have purchased as much freedom as I require to enjoy my life. What is responsible for this miraculous change in your friend? Look, let's face it, there's no one but us listening. I don't believe for a moment there are complete strangers who hear this show. When depression returns, he'll probably bring that fact with him to show off. At the moment though, that's fine. I prefer just talking to my friends anyway. That's what a front porch is. It's a place where friends hang out. So thanks for hanging out with me. We'll discuss that this evening. Why don't you go get yourself some tea, if that's your bag or some punch, or some diet Pepsi, or if you're Sarah, or someone of her type, some of the coffee that appears to be as vital to you as soda is to me, or if you're a different sort of person, a whiskey or some 12-year-old scotch, or perhaps load a bowl, or just get a glass of warm milk and relax a while. This is the most relaxing place I know.
2: now probably still fits like blood and tell the band to play one more slow song because you still have all my on an old fishing boat One more story from Grandpa Joe Let's get happy before we get old.
0: First, I love living small. I own one plate now. I have one pot and I have one frying pan. Why do I need more? If I ever have people over for dinner, I suspect I will go buy another plate. I can't imagine that happening, though. I imagine sitting here at my computer, writing, Writing, recording, recording, recording. listening to music, music. and getting quietly hung for the rest of my life. The The movers lost the little optical cable to hook my TV up to sound, as well as my Blu-ray player. The remotes are nowhere to be found. I don't mind that much. Moving out was hurried, and all I wanted was to get to Sierra Vista. I did it cheaply, and I left the place a complete mess. I actually sent my previous landlord a couple of hundred dollars to compensate him. We had given him a non-refundable deposit from Jump Street because my former roommates were not known for being the people in history he knew it would look bad it looked worse than I could justify though. so I did what I could to make things right I ordered the missing pieces from Amazon this is the sort of luxury I never expected to have again I had the money to deal with my deficits I had the knowledge the power and the freedom to overcome the obstacles to my contentment. My tiny home is simple to clean. I have a vacuum cleaner that took me nearly an hour to assemble. Hey, look, there were two, yes, two screws involved. And oh my God, the attachments. It has a great automatically retracting cord. So when I'm finished, I just step on a button and the cord is put away. It stands in a corner next to the fireplace that I'm considering investigating in the next few days. I'm afraid of setting off the smoke alarm, though. I would hate to screw it up. It's cold, however, and it might give the feeling a place of home. The place of home? How about it might give the place a feeling of home? Sorry, I'm not fixing that. Oops. There's something lovely about the image of a fire crackling on the front porch. I like that image, don't you? The whole place can be vacuumed from one outlet. I don't have to unplug the vacuum to move it from one area to the next. Now there are those who will suggest I am wrong to have such a tiny place. I know there are people who aspire to live in mansions and castles. They have a need for more. I lost that feeling long ago. All I have wanted for years now is enough. 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 I have enough. And as Kim Darby told us in True Grit, enough's as good as a feast. I can afford to eat. I just found out they're slashing my food stamps to practically nothing, but as long as I have you, I can afford to buy my own food. I can afford my own phone and my internet. I even paid for six months worth of insurance on a car I had intended to have repossessed. I called the folks who have the title six weeks ago. I told them I wouldn't be making any more payments and I told them where to find the car. They were supposed to call me back to schedule taking the car back, they never have. I will call them and offer them a little money in exchange for the title. I don't want to drive, but if they aren't coming to get the car, at least they can get a little money, and I can have one if I need it. Update. Update. I called them this morning, they don't want to make a deal. My former roommate's name is also on the title with mine, so I don't have the authority to tell them to repossess it. I drove it to CVS and Walmart today. It felt rather freeing. I became a little more connected to Sierra Vista. I will live without it though. There are too few places I want to go. Certainly one morning I'll wake up and it will be gone. And that will be fine too. It's all about living small now. My internet isn't working properly yet. I couldn't upload my Patreon exclusive episode the other night for several hours. I had it ready to go by 10 p.m. It didn't get posted until around 7 a.m. My download speed is faster than I will ever need, but the upload speed is worthless. They are coming on Wednesday to fix this. If I'm going to pay for it, it really ought to work. That problem will get fixed, I'm sure. The last episode has gotten very few plays. I hate to disrupt the plans of my friends. I apologize for that. I'm hopeful Cox will fix the problem when they come tomorrow. I have paid my entire six-month lease already, but they aren't great for maintenance. I need a burner fixed on the stove. I need a working key for my mailbox. It's been a couple of days since I asked. I expect they will work out these problems too. Yet another update. We have a new manager. She emailed me this morning and before I had time to read it, I had a new mailbox key and a functioning burner on my stove. As the Beatles told us, you've got to admit it's getting better, getting better all the time and you wonder why i don't sing <clears throat> i think though in terms of the problems i don't have anymore this place is as clean as i decree i have no one else's dishes in the sink and since i own only one i don't have a lot of mind there either i don't have other people's shit lying around my house Everything is mine, and there's not much of it. It's easy to put it away. And the thing is, a clean house simply feels more relaxing. I'm not feeling compelled to make it neat again. I feel like I can just enjoy the atmosphere. The TV is much more inviting when it's not surrounded by work whispering to be completed. The Kindle I just got from an old friend is a welcome companion, instead of a distracting influence dragging me away from the clutter clamoring to be cleaned. I'm not worried about paying rent. I'm not worried about having enough to eat. I'm not worried about being able to buy essentials, and I'm not watching the clock for the next paycheck to arrive so I can get another pack of cigarettes. I'm not worried about disturbing anyone. My neighbor is a disabled Marine who, for reasons I don't understand, is still called to do things. He talks to me more than I would like, but he's a nice man, and he's never complained about me. No one complains about me anymore. I'm not using too much dish soap. I'm not hearing about why I should shower more often. I'm not concerned about who might be offended by something I say or the way I said it. I'm just existing. I'm just living precisely as I choose. I am experiencing a quiet joy. It's not the pulsing, pounding pleasure of watching Snuffy and Sarah playing live, but it is the irresistible lightness of being who I choose to be. This is possible because for the first time in more years than I can recall, I have economic security. When I won my disability hearing, it made it possible for me to be done worrying about trying to get unemployment or trying to teach defensive driving during a pandemic. I have all of my time to spend on me. I can write. I can record. I can play music. I can read. I have a Kindle coming from a friend because I don't have space for all my books. I have them all in boxes in my closet. I just can't give them up. Some of them are older than I am. And And still another another update. As I mentioned earlier, I have the Kindle. Thank you, Scott. I'm more grateful than you probably suspect. And no, listeners, you don't know Scott. He and I went to high school together. The government is sending me enough money to live. They sent me back pay that made moving and paying off what I owe possible. Now, I can enjoy life. And that brings us to the real issue. Why shouldn't everyone be able to enjoy what I am now allowed to enjoy? It's true that most people are better able to work than I am, but why should their lives be the drudgery that, until very recently, mine had been? Is there really someone who doesn't deserve a place to live? Is constant worry about survival a virtue? I do my best work when I have no pressure. I write when I feel like it. I write it the way I want it to be. No one is looking over my shoulder or insisting on any deadline beyond the ones I set for myself. And though it's not remotely popular, the work is very good. If we took away the threat of homelessness and poverty, would we really have no one working at all? I believe we would continue to work, to continue to improve the world, because it's what we all want to do. If someone can tell me the evil of living in a way that makes you happy, I would be sincerely interested to hear it. Call the show at 480-331-9822 and tell me what's wrong with happiness. I'll play your message on the show, and I'll respond. Look, I have great respect for hard work. I did quite a lot of it in my life. Many people I admire have also worked very hard, and we rarely reward the most important work. Teachers who make every other profession possible are paid poorly. Basketball players make millions. We accept this as normal. I I find it I. I I admire professional athletes and entertainers, but if no one ever played basketball again, I could continue to live perfectly happily. If all the teachers went home, I don't think it's too much of an overstatement to say that society would collapse. It's true I need artists, though, I couldn't live without art, with a capital A, in all its forms. Life would become far too empty without it. Why one artist makes millions while another artist struggles to pay rent, however, is a capitalistic mystery to me. We pay them far too little for the vital contributions they make. We need people to collect our trash. We need people to make deliveries. We need people to cook fast food. All of these people are given little respect and less money, but I submit they are vital to our survival. Why shouldn't they be able to afford to live? Why don't they deserve economic security? Again, I invite you to call the show and explain why someone contributing to society should be required to feel stress about paying rent, keeping the electricity on, or feeding her family. Once again, 480-331-9822, 480-331-9822. What I have learned from my experiences in poverty and from my newfound freedom from it is that I feel better when I don't spend all my time hoping to survive another day. I have time to focus on improving the world. I have little power and I doubt I have any earth-shaking original ideas, but I have a voice and I can use it to ask us all to care for each other. Your friend has found his peace. I'm happy, healthy, as much as that's possible for an old, mostly broken diabetic, and at home. Gratitude is among my favorite feelings, and I have gotten into the habit of having as much of it as possible. I'm recording a new set for the new month, and because there are new people who have earned mine, I hope you'll stay around to listen. I feel as though I can finally shine without a blanket of despair keeping me from my joy. You're as responsible for that as anyone else. I hope I can help you to glow with the joy of your own. I'm sure you know, but I'll remind you again. I
1: love you. Let's buy a little White House on the corner of nothing and nowhere. We'll grow tomatoes and drink mojitos on the front porch stairs. And you can walk around in your flip-flops while I sit and watch the passing clouds. Then we'll be off to bed and we will wake up Leave our little brick house on the corner of Busy and Restless We'll move away from the city into each other That is where we belong i little white house on the corner of nothing and nowhere
0: Jeff Bezos has more money than I ever will. And yet seriously I feel more fortunate than I believe him to be. I have something he doesn't have. I have enough. There's a scene in the movie version of The Old Man and the Sea in which Spencer Tracy, playing an impoverished fisherman named Santiago, gets an extra cup of coffee before beginning his 85th day without taking a fish. He has a smile of such deep and genuine gratitude You almost envy him. He found more joy in a single cup of coffee than I do in a case of Diet Pepsi. He didn't take it for granted. It was beautiful. I have learned to take nothing for granted. I hope my little victory inspires you to continue to try. There's something beautiful in the fight. You have helped me with to win mine, although many of you are very different from me. We discussed that last month, though, so we'll move on to gratitude. These are the names of the people in our community. These are people to whom I am grateful not only for their financial support, but for opening their minds to my ideas. You may reject them, but you consider them, and I'm honored to have the privilege of talking to you. Our patron saints are Alex Oliphant, who I don't know has ever heard a single episode of Red's Front Porch, Jenner Zeno, and Jean Louise Finch. I have added to this list David Russell, who gave me a place to live thereby actually keeping me alive for six weeks. Thank you, David. I'm beyond grateful. And I don't know that David has ever heard an episode of this show either. Our producers are Edith Keeler, Coralie Day with Scott Knight. Our patrons are Sherlock the Mystery Patron, Utopia42, Kevin Boyce, and Joe Martin. I want to welcome the amazing Barbara Hauser to this group. I'm so glad to have yet another Sarah Nimitz fan on the porch. Thanks, Barbara. Our sponsors are Ken Wooten, Chris Donway, Corey Pluard, Claude Bert Lansden, Jesse Rogers, Virginia Rupert, The Mindwave Podcast, to which you should listen often, Scott Shelby, Mark Rosema, Michelle Freeman, Laura Engram, Elizabeth Bennett, and Zaref. Our supporters are Judy Morris, Amos Stewart, Bill Parkman, thank you to all of those folks. We also have as supporters, Michelle Sylvester, marley maple miracle ursula phillips carrie Dale, pavel shabaya sarah Nimitz, john g david miller christine l patterson chuck curry christopher hitchens's friend corey natalie and our tearless and tireless supporter Jereen. i'd also like to have a special welcome to our newest supporter, Jefferson, who is, I believe, also a Sarah Nimitz fan. Welcome, Jefferson. We're glad to have you. Our anchor sponsor is Zara. Our anchor supporters are Lori Shea, Daniel H, Cindy Mandel, Corey, again, Piper K. Young, A.A. Milne, John Donovan, Stacey Height, and Sharon Reddy. Thank you for sharing this journey with us. It is, as always, in the darkest skies that the stars shine most brightly. All of us will shine together. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll come visit the porch again soon. Until then, look for all the episodes on your favorite podcast app, or on just about all of them now. Take care of yourself and each other. Produced by Studio
2: Stargate. <laughs>